This is... It's my show. But not my show. Hi there, World Changer. Overcomer. This is our show. This is my show, but not my show with not my man my John show. and Luando from Johannesburg. We are in South Africa and that's where everything, you know, is, is proper. Oh! <laughs> John is so excited. <laughs> that sounds cool. What did you eat? What did I eat? <laughs> yeah. How is that a question? A follow-up question? <laughs> funny words. Okay. <laughs> you know, before before John says something, that's just going to make me laugh. <laughs> we have a new surprise. Our man Musa is with us for this show. He's joining us. We're going to be doing this show with him. Musa, how are you doing? DJ Fresh Meat. <laughs> John, come on, man. Musa. I'm good on yourself. Man. Oh, we're doing well, man. I'm awesome. We're doing yeah. well. How do you feel to sit with John? And... I'd rather go sit that side with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Who's Musa? Someone who's listening to this show and they don't know about you. Oh, um, my name is Musa. I'm from Johannesburg, uh, South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, in the province Gauteng. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's where I'm from. And uh, my hobbies, I like music, listening to music. Um, mm. I like laughing, making jokes. Are you jokes. the guy who's called Blues Man? Oh, I'm the Blues Man, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm the Blues Man. Can you the play with your man. mouth? Da, da. <laughs> <laughs> now my guitar would slap me on the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's my guitar's work. Yeah. yeah. Do you understand what you're talking about, John? Because you look lost. No, I understand. Yeah, I okay. understand. I get it. Okay. <laughs> no, but you know, I just asked that question knowing that you know everything. I feel like you know everything, yeah? What do you say? No, like guitar slapping the people that they... <laughs> yeah, that was... That was fresh. No, but I do get what you're saying. Uh, no, no, he is he's the blues man. Yeah. The rims on his glasses are blue. He looks like blue. Deep blue. Yeah. Even his voice, if you could see his voice, yeah. it would be blue. His color. If you could see his voice, it'd be blue. His color skin is blue. When he walks down the road, I'm blue, terrible, dude. Yeah. Like, okay, my voice is not. You can do that part. Do that for us. What do you say? I'm blue. <laughs> 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 That's my man, John. Mr. John, what do we have for us? What right. are we talking about? Okay, so on today's menu. <laughs> okay, we're on, talking about food. Eh? We're on, talking about the Bible. No, <laughs> Bible is a spiritual food. So yes, yes. Okay, so the main menu. course today is uh, Second Samuel. So we're going to be talking about um, the rest of the story of following David and uh, Samuel's. Um, Samuel's writing basically of um, of David and and the rest of his life, and uh, we we go into if you if you want to have an overview, basically what happens is after First Samuel, um, the Battle of the Amalekites, what happens is that in the first chapter, um, there's an Amalekite that actually runs that escapes from the battlefield and then actually goes to David, and David is um, taking a rest with his men after the the war. And um, they're sitting down, and so he, he approaches this Amalekite. He approaches um, David, and um, he has Saul's crown and his um, his bracelet. And usually, when you take the crown of a king, and you you, de- you basically dethrone him. So this guy comes up to David, and um, he says to him, "Look, um, Saul has has fallen in battle." And um, so David asks him how, and he said to him that he came up behind him. Uh, and and saw that he was still alive, and if you saw in the previous um, book, previous in Samuel, um, 
Saul actually was struck with dizziness and he was he had this um this inability to control himself he was almost drunk with uh with violence and anger and just he was he was a mess and the thing is even when he when he fell on his own spear he was still alive and so he had asked us Amalekai to cut to kill him because um they would have taken him prisoner and he, he wouldn't want to go through the torture of that so David he rent his clothes with his people and um, they mourned until the evening and um, the thing that I that I want to just point on in this in this chapter specifically um, it's just David's character he he mourns for uh, King Saul who was apparently his enemy I mean Saul treated him like an enemy from beginning to to end and if you just look at one of the the biggest things that Jesus taught is that uh, you must love your enemy mm. that that is something that carries across from the old testament up until the new so even when killing and 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 um and overcoming your enemy was still a part of yeah uh, the old testament um this thing of loving your enemy it is it's a real like you mourn the death of your enemy war isn't a fun thing it's something that needed to be done and uh that's what happened back then it uh, david's character reflected jesus in that mm. way and I, and i looked at that and i was like this is incredible. So he mourned and he fasted for King Saul up until the evening. Mm. And um even in that as well what happens is that Saul sent one of the younger men to this Amalekite who came back with Saul's um uh, crown. And he asked this Amalekite he said how do you not feel shy or how, how do you not feel embarrassed to to kill the uh, the Lord's anointed one which Saul was. And um David even after seeing Saul in his madness, in his dizziness, in his in his state where he, he doesn't doesn't know what he's doing because of his jealousy towards David, he still acknowledges Saul as God's anointed one. Mm-hmm. And so there's that respect between God's decision and Saul and um, that David has um, that I find incredible. But so he slew that man. He told the younger man um, to, to go up and kill him, to fall upon him. He hit him until he died. And um, yeah, so that just also shows that that vengeance as well. Uh, that's in David and it's also part of the reason why he couldn't build the temple at a later stage because his hands were just too full of blood. Yeah. Um he, he had a, a huge t- um temperance towards towards mord- murder and, and war. And um and uh, blood blood stained hands cannot build the, the temple of God. Um but if you continue forward in the book what happens is that um David actually retreats back to um to Hebron. Well first actually because now this is a total failure and Saul dies. He um he goes to well the war was won but Saul dies. So to to David it was a it was a total failure. And um he 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 goes up to he actually goes to God before he does anything. He goes to God he says God um what must we do now? Should we go to where in Israel should we go? Where where should we we go to? and God specifically tells him Hebron and that's an interesting thing for me because in the time where you don't know what to do where 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 there's just nothing you can go to God and God will give you a specific instruction that you can follow and um um to me I I look at that um, and and I see that people in today's time we we don't we don't, we don't depend on God like that anymore we think about the most logical thing um David asked a plain and simple question, where should we go? And God gave him a, a straightforward answer. He didn't ask why, he didn't ask what. It just made sense to him. And uh, he went to Hebron and um the kingdom was split between Abner and uh, himself. The the house of Judah. He ruled over for 7 years. 
And during that time, there was wars between the Israelites and uh, they were they were fighting amongst themselves. Anyway, so it gets to the point where um, David now goes into um, like there's war at the, at, at the at, on the battlefield on the on the main front on the front lines. And uh, I think many people are familiar with the story where this Bathsheba and David has been a very consistent warrior a very consistent person and his character has remained strong for for the longest time uh, but the one day that he decides to take a break from war is when temptation snuck up upon him and his passions as a as a person as well like just overtook him it's, it, this is also another thing as well that I, i've seen david emotions are, are an excellent thing they're an amazing thing they're a beautiful thing they, they have their place they have their their purpose we're meant to live with them even god has emotions he has anger he has sadness and Uh, the way that we we use them, the way that we we place them, um, is of utmost importance. It's 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 either God's way or nowhere at all, and those emotions can't be enjoyed. And in this, you see um, David, who is a very emotionally aware person. Um, he goes out to the balcony and he sees this woman, and um, she's gorgeous from down below. And in his head, it says he gets swallowed up by her. There's no war out there. There's no battlefield. He's supposed to be out there. He's supposed to be fighting, but instead, it's now midday and he's relaxing. And um, he sees this woman. Uh, he gets his royal guards to um, to call her up into his bedroom. He sleeps with her. So first of all, she he finds out that Bathsheba is pregnant, and he gets Uriah to come back from the battlefield, and then to sleep with her so that um, the the pregnancy would be would have been caused by Uriah. So that doesn't work out. Your eyes very devout man, and he's his faithfulness is to to his sword, is to the battlefield, is to even David himself. I'm sure that even that messed up David quite a bit as well. It must have rendered him quite badly. He uh, he's trying to get this guy to uh, to sleep with his wife, and and he sees his own character in Uriah, the the, the character that he built up in his men. He's now faced against it, and now he's fighting against himself basically in his people. Which is uh, which is very interesting, especially with the discipleship uh, mm. that we see yeah, in uh, in our church. Um, when you're teaching your disciples something, and then they come up with something that that you've always told them, you've always taught them, and in your moment of falling or sin, you see yourself in them. Um, the goodness that, that that God instilled in you, which is in them, is now fighting back at you. And um, yeah, it, it just it went further and further down from there. He. Um, Uriah refused to sleep with his wife. He slept outside instead. He tried to get him drunk. Still slept outside instead. Uh, his only, his last option was to send Uriah to the battlefront and get the commander to put him in a, a section of the war where it was the most heated and actually purposely get him killed. I'm sure to him it he must have, uh, must have been an honor for him to fight and die in battle. Um, so yes, it's a, it's a horrendous story. It's a, it's a horrible thing. But then the prophet Nathan. Uh, God uses him to um, to correct the situation, to to bring to light what it is that David has done, and um, Nathan uses a story because throughout the, prof the the book of Samuel, you see how crafty David is. Uh, David is a poet; he knows how to use literary. Mm. But Nathan um, presents the the his his situation in the, in in the, the form of a story where um, there was a man who had had stolen. Um, a poor man's lamb, and this is a rich man, and he took his only lamb, and um, 
he um, D- David to him he looked at that and it was an injustice it was a horrible thing and Nathan pointed at him and said this is you and um, David replied in repentance so instantly he repented he fell down to his knees and he he repented um, profusely um, because Nathan speaking to David like this is it shows that uh, David was far from God he had become far from God and the second that that God's um, presence again like he's um, his acknowledgement of David's sin like I see you this is what you're doing um, it, he became quickly aware of God's presence again and that's what caused him to repent however the consequences of his sin um, really fell heavy upon him and what's interesting is that the literary in this book it, um, after this really actually paints an interesting picture if you look at Samuel 1 and Samuel 2 um, the life of King Saul and his fall and the way that things just got worse and worse from his uh, his disobedience to God and the sacrifices and also now with David and um, we were always thinking that David would be the, the star child the, the man after God's own heart but you see yeah after this sin um, things um, just get worse in the same way and it's like a reflection between Saul and David um, so what happens is that David um, David's son that he had with Bathsheba she he dies um, so he dies and um, that causes David to go into uh, deep depression he begins to to repent to God and he covers himself with sackcloth and ashes and um, it's an extremely submissive position especially for um for a king to go into and usually when when people do that it's um ashes the whole point of ashes is to it's to remedy leprosy now leprosy you're the, you're the scum of the earth if you have leprosy there's nothing you can do uh, especially in that time and um for for a king to have done that people would assume that he has leprosy and um, so if you look at it from that perspective, he, he did, he really repented. Um, and then from there, his sons as well started doing um, immoral sexual activity, um, sexual sins. And, and I think that that type of um, curse comes down, it's like inheritory. Um, the same way that he, he had stolen um, Bathsheba from another man. So David's son, actually slept with uh, with his daughter and so there was incest and now the other son ended up killing uh, the son that slept with uh, with the daughter it, it caused the incest in the first place and in, in fact he, he raped her and so there was just this bloodbath in his family and um, you'll see as things um, decline uh, towards the end of Samuel uh, you find that the hope in, in Samuel's family is Solomon and um, that is where where things really begin to to take a turn um, and there's basically now fresh blood in the family and, and Solomon will be um, the hero of David's family and the, the next progenitor to uh, the Messiah and yeah so there is that hope with Solomon that's carried and he will be the one to build the temple because his hands are are not so bloodied um, in fact even David he, he gives up uh, so much of, of the, the gold and uh, such a huge offering to build a, a temple for God. And um, 
God even says, he says, no, look, I will build you a house instead. And that's a dynasty. And that's exactly what, what David receives. So even through all the suffering that, um, that David endured due to the consequences of his sin, you can clearly see that God wasn't the one causing those things to happen to him because amidst those consequences that he suffered, he was still blessed by God. And so God gave at the same time he suffered. And um, sometimes there are consequences that God will not revoke uh, in our lives in order to teach and to, to portray a message that um, even those who are after, God doesn't have favorites. He doesn't have favorites. And um, yeah, so that's important, especially for, for fairness in today's time. If you look at um, different countries and that, um, everyone will, will receive equivalent judgment from God. And God doesn't have favorites anymore. I mean, yes, Israel was the chosen nation, but now Jesus has spread that favor to everyone. And everyone has, has the right to stand on equal standing with Jesus if they accept him. That was David. David, David, David. Yeah, this man was... His life is <laughs> interesting. And um, what do you say, Musa? His life is interesting and shocking at the same time yeah. but i guess we all fall into sin eh? yeah no, that's true it's yeah especially that part where he decided to sleep with someone's wife it it, it ruined uh his life and his um his family life but you know um the good thing like one of the things we have been learning about here at church was about that guy uh Potomaeus, that shouted the son of david you see what i'm saying and because of his repentance and God's promises, you know, God, regardless of, you know, what we we have done wrong, but the moment we come back to God, God is able, you know, to, to forgive us and God is able to carry his promises towards us, you know. And it's that thing to say, you know, we can always stand on God's promises no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what we have done. We don't have to... To be really discouraged by our mistakes, the things that we have done wrong, because God is able to to forgive those things, and God is able to carry on, you know, keeping His promises, fulfilling His promises. I mean, I was looking at the book of Genesis, reading about Abraham and his wife Sarah, when God promised them a son, but they decided because Sarah did was not able to actually conceive children so she decided that abraham should uh, sleep with one of her of her servants and what happened was that that specific thing that they did was actually wrong it was not what god planned you see what i'm saying but god even after that god was still there to keep what he has promised and that's the thing to say you know what sometimes you know there's the biggest thing that we fear in our lives and it's ourselves because you know that you're not perfect and um because you're not perfect you fear that you will do things that can cause you to do it to be away from god uh are things that can cause you to go to hell but but the thing is that we in in this uh, a particular situation is that we fail to to really depend on god for ourselves for everything else we can depend on god but we fail to trust God 
for the mess that we do to say god even when i do the mess you will still love me for any situation god you will take care of me yeah you will protect me from the enemy but some uh, one of the things that i notice is that you know when it comes to ourselves hey it, it becomes hard to say god yo you know god you will carry me even if I've, i do wrong things and all that and sometimes we come to that point where you know we we're so helpless we actually helpless to say you know god will help me because i've done this thing you see what i'm saying but god is able even if it's myself who's messing up you see what i'm saying i mean one of the things i love is that jesus died for me before i was even born jesus came into my life knowing that even in five years i'm still gonna be a mess he loved me when i was worse obviously now it feels like i'm more worse because my imperfection is more revealed it's more in the light and but now what happened was that long time i didn't feel like i was a mess you see what i'm saying so while god has actually done so much work but i still get discouraged by the mess that i see in my life but the thing is to see God's grace, to see God's grace, to say, you know, God loves me beyond. God loves me beyond the mess that I am in my life. And I need to depend on God, in fact, for the mess that I am. It's easy to depend on God for other stuff, like, you know, for provision, for being attacked by the enemy, for coronavirus, whatever it is, whatever sickness it is, but than to depend on God because of the mess that you do in life. And that's where, as people, we actually condemn ourselves. If you look at Judas himself, because, you know, he 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 has so much regret on himself because of what he has done towards the Lord. While the Lord actually laid down his life for Judas. Because one of the things that we learn about is um, when they were in the table, was it the Last Supper? And what happened there, Jesus actually gave him the bread and the wine. To actually to, to show him, yes, you are going to betray me, but I'm showing you this bread is my body broken for you. And this is my blood poured out for you, even though you're going to do this thing, but know that my body is still broken for you. My blood is still shed for you. And for me, that was like, wow, you know, uh, uh, while he did all those things and Jesus was still dying for him. And the biggest thing about uh, uh, Peter, while Peter is denying Jesus, guess what? Jesus is dying for him. You see what I'm saying? So it's that thing to say, you know what? Who's going to save you from your actions when you're actually not getting it right? You see what? Uh, to be honest, I mean, if you do something wrong, it's not like we encouraging, you know, but sometimes that's where we find ourselves. Maybe that's where you find yourself out there. Maybe you have cheated on your wife. It's possible. And the only thing, uh, uh, the option that we have now is actually to commit suicide. But the most important thing is to say, you know, God is still able to forgive. God is still able to fix things. You see what I'm saying? And these are the problems that we need to, we need faith for to say, God, even this uh, a particular problem that I'm facing, you're actually able to handle this one. You're actually able to deal with it. You're actually able to set me free from this one. So um, that's one of the things that we learned from uh, uh, David. So with this, we actually closing. And I mean, if you want to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you can pray this prayer. Uh, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I accept you. I accept you. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Um, so this is us wrapping our show. I hope um, you all enjoyed. 
and i pray that you understand what david went through and his repentant hearts and i hope we all have repentant hearts towards jesus and that on all the mistakes that we've done so um so we'll see you next week yeah don't forget to visit our website www.activefm.co.za our facebook page forward slash at activefm777 our instagram page at activefm777 our twitter at activefm my man john luando and musa this is my show but not my show very excited the place to be where you get inspired where we speak the word of god to your life into your life your family uh we hope that you stay blessed Shubri Papa out. <laughs> Christ music is hot music. Christ music is hot music.